You're listening to episode 14 of the bookcast for Dwell, an Advent study in liturgy. This bookcast has been designed to give you another way to engage with the content of the book. Hi, my name is Rachel Fehrenbach. I'm the author of Dwell and your host for these episodes. Today we're continuing in week two on day five. And we're dwelling on this theme of redeemed peace. God's redemptive plan prioritizes our complete well-being, our peace. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments so as to carry them out, I shall also grant peace in the land. Moreover, I will make my dwelling among you, and my soul will not reject you. I will also walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, so that you would not be their slaves, and I broke your yoke, and made you walk erect. Leviticus 26, 3-13, New American Standard Bible. Redemption, deliverance, salvation. We often use these words interchangeably when referring to the Exodus story, but they actually refer to three different ideas. Let's break it down. Imagine you are walking along a river and the bank gives out, propelling you down and into the waters that are moving by at a crazy speed. Someone suddenly yanks you out that awesome moment of rescue, that's deliverance. Now let's say the person who saved you had to give up their super rare limited edition sneakers to do so. That sacrifice they made is the redemption part. And salvation? Well, it's the whole story from start to finish. One minute you're being carried by the current, then thanks to someone's brave act and their sacrifice sneakers, you're now chilling safely on the riverbank. Within the Christian community, we often talk of Christ's redemptive work of the cross, similar to the river example I just gave. His death involved an immense amount of suffering and pain, a sacrifice in every way. It had, however, another layer to it, one that we see much more clearly in the Exodus story. Because if you think about it, God's redemption of Israel didn't require sacrifice, but he is still their redeemer. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. Exodus 6, 6, ESV. Why not just deliver? Why redeem? The answer is found in the next verses. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Exodus 6, 7-8, ESV. The definition of redeem is to buy back, repurchase, to get or win back. Looking up the Hebrew word for redeem used in verse 6, we find the word gael, which means, you guessed it, to buy back. It also means to act as a kinsman redeemer. Now, if you've been a Christian for a little bit of time, you probably have been introduced to the story of Ruth and Boaz. In ancient Israel, the concept of redemption related to the practice of buying back land or persons, like in the case of slavery. If someone sold themselves into slavery due to debt, a kinsman could redeem or buy back that relative from slavery. Similarly, if family land was sold, a kinsman had the right to buy it back to keep it within the family. In other words, a kinsman redeemer acted on behalf of a relative who was in trouble, danger, or need. Ruth was in need. She was a foreigner whose husband and son had died, leaving her poor and with no ability to claim their family's land. Boaz was a relative who could provide, protect, 
ensure her place among God's people, and claim back her land by acting as her kinsman redeemer. Boaz had the ability to redeem Ruth's life back into Shalom, a state of well-being, a state of safety and wholeness by marrying her. Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, understood this. In Ruth 3, 1, she says to Ruth, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? The word rest here is the word shalom. In Ruth's and Boaz's story, we see echoes of the Exodus story in which God is a relative Israel, their creator slash father, both who can both prove his rightful claim and buy them back from Pharaoh via the ten plagues and Red Sea in their time of need, slavery, destitution, so that they can reclaim their inheritance, the promised land, and have shalom. And in the story of Jesus, we see echoes of Ruth's and Boaz's story, quite literally, as they are direct ancestors of his. Jesus is our relative, God's son, and in our time of need, slavery to sin, proves his rightful claim and buys us back from sin via his death and resurrection, so that we can reclaim our inheritance, dwelling and co-ruling with God and have shalom. Boaz had the ability to redeem Ruth's life back into shalom, a state of well-being. Not only does Micah prophesy that Jesus would be from the line of David, who was Boaz's great-great-grandson, and that he would be born in Bethlehem, where Boaz's redeems lands for Ruth, but even more beautiful is the second part of this prophecy, where Micah describes Jesus as a strong protector of his people, giving them a safe and secure dwelling place with him. And he shall be their peace. Micah 5, 5a. We can live with this assurance. God's redemptive plan prioritizes our complete and whole well-being, our peace. Thank you for joining me today as we've dwelled on the theme of redeemed peace. Join me tomorrow as we continue to dwell with God this Advent season. 